Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. So pastors, we, we, uh, there's a lot of things that we, we face with people, and, and it's good for us to get a break every now and then we just need it. And, and uh, God really just was energizing me. And as, as I, I think it was the second night into our vacation, I was going to sleep one night, just you know, laying in bed and trying to fall asleep. But I, I always, you know, I just pray before I go to, go to sleep at night. And, and I have this overwhelming, sentimental feeling towards my wife, like this, this overwhelming. You know, she's sitting in the room today. She has not heard me say this at all. I did not talk to her about this during this trip. So this is all brand new to her. And Justin's going to get a kiss after church, everybody. <laughs> woo, praise the Lord. And um, I'm sorry, that should have stayed inside. I'm sorry about that. And um, I was laying there in bed, and I had this overwhelming feeling Lord, I don't deserve my wife. Wow. Lord, I, I just don't deserve her. And she deserves so much more than what, I, what I've been offering her. She just deserves so much more. How, how many have ever had that, that moment with your spouse where you've thought something like that? And it would be wise of you to get your hands up, if, especially if your spouse is next to you. It'd be smart for you to put your hand up. That overwhelming sense of, I don't deserve you. And then, then what I found out was that that thought was turning into a prayer. Well, Lord, if I get this right, if I get this in the right order, then actually, God, I don't deserve you. And you deserve a far better son than, than who I am, even on my best day. You just deserve more. You deserve more of my, my praise and more of my heart and more of my obedience and my reverence. You deserve more. And then, God, my kids, I don't deserve them. And they deserve such a better dad. And my family, my mom and my brother and all of my, 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 my immediate family, my extended family, God, I don't deserve them. They deserve better from me. And then it, it, then it came to all of you. You were next in line. Lord, I don't deserve my new song family. Oh, Lord, you know I don't deserve them. They deserve a better pastor and a better friend. They, they deserve better. Lord, could you help me? Could you help me just be who I long to be on the inside? And that, that, that moment of just sincere gratitude for such an incredible wife turned into a prayer of gratitude for the blessings of God. Lord, I don't deserve all of these things that I have. Thank you, but help me, because they all deserve better. How many have ever felt that way? If, if, if you're thinking about it right now, can I ask you a question? Does your spouse deserve better? Do your children deserve better? Do your family members, your friends, your church family, do we deserve better? Do they deserve better? I think all of us would sit here and say, yeah, I don't always get it right. In fact, some might be sitting here and say, wow, I hardly ever get it right. That's what it seems like. You know, I, I, Pastor, nobody knows my failures better than I do. 
Can I tell you that that desire to change, that desire to be better is a gift from God. It is a grace gift from God. Out of his grace, he gives that to you. And I'm gonna prove that to you today. And, and what I was doing is I took 2 Corinthians chapter 3 now that God just led me to at the very beginning of this vacation. And I just, I meditated on it every single day. And what I mean by that, that's not some mystical uh, uh, thing. It, it's what I taught you before, it, a week or two before I left on vacation. Remember how I said to meditate, there, there's really no, no word for that. Like, like in, in the Hebrew that we would use today, they would use the same word in the Hebrew that meant to us a, a cow chewing its cud. Remember how we talked about that, that meditate? It's like a cow chewing its cud. It's, it's to meditate on something, is to, to chew on it, to think about it, and, and then, and then uh, uh, you, you bring it back up and you chew, it on, oh, you chew on it some more, and then you chew on it some more, and you chew on it. And God took 2 Corinthians 3, and I just chewed on it for the last, for the last three weeks. I just meditated upon it, and I read it over and over and over and over again. Every morning when I got up, it was the first thing that I did as I just started reading this over and over and over again. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That, that you're not blinded to the truth anymore. In fact, your eyes have been opened. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed, we can not only see but reflect the glory of the Lord. And we're meant to not only see it but reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. More and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And that verse tells me something, that out of God's grace, he has given me this desire and the power to change, to reflect his glory in my life. And that change happens more and more. And what I mean by that is this, that no matter where you are in your relationship with Christ Jesus, there's still some change that has to occur in your life. And that desire to change is a grace gift, and you should be thankful for it. Thankful for the heart of change because it's the grace of God. It's God actually pursuing you, tackling you with his goodness. I love you so much, my son. Here's my goodness, the desire and the power to change. Let, let me say it a different way, that you don't have the power to change yourself. You don't. In fact, the Bible very clearly says it. I, I was thinking about Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. It says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Let's stop right there for a second. I think one of the things that's lacking in the church today, and I mean church capital C, the church all over the world, is a deep reverence for God. 
We, we are far too casual concerning our relationship with the Lord. We're far too casual about his, his bigness, his awesomeness, his love, his mercy, his grace, his patience, his kindness, his compassion, his healing, his deliverance, his provision. I could go on and on and all that. We are far too casual about our heavenly Father. Far too casual. Can I tell you, we need a deep reverence for God. The church, all across the world, we require a deep reverence for God like we've never known before. The Bible says that we work hard to show the results of our salvation out of deep reverence and fear of God. For God is working in you for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What, what pleases him? Can I tell you? Abundant life experiencing abundant life is highly pleasing to the Lord. Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and life in abundance or life to the full. It, it's a, extremely pleasurable for the Lord for you to experience abundant life. And he says, I'm giving you not only the desire, but the power to experience that life. I'm giving it to you. New song, I don't have the power to change me. Lord knows I have tried on my own and failed and failed and failed some more. Come on, everybody. How many times have you ever said, I'm never gonna do that again, and then you did the very next day? How many know what I'm talking about? So you don't have the power to change you, but, but God, but God, gives you the desire and the power to change. And, and as I'm, I'm chewing on this word, meditating on this word, I want to give my, my heavenly father so much more. He deserves it. And my wife, I want to give her so much more. She deserves it. And my kids and my, my family and, and all of you, you deserve it. But I kept going to the Lord and saying, God, it's got to be you. It's got to be you. I want to change. I, I want to change. And that very desire comes from you, and I know it does. But I don't have the power on my own to do it. Let, let me say it a different way, new song. Willpower is not enough. Willpower is not enough. But God's power is more than enough. He can do immeasurably more than anything we could ever think or imagine. Can I get an amen to that? So what does change take? What does it take to change? Right, write these four things down very, very, very quickly. Change takes loving God first and most. That the starting place in this is to realize that the goodness of God is pursuing you. He's chasing you to show you 
not his wrath, not his judgment. He's chasing you to show you his goodness. He wants to reveal his goodness to you. Stop running from him. Run to him. (laughs) I don't want it it to take a year for God to show me his goodness. I'd rather experience his goodness today. So I don't want to run from him. I want to run to him. How many know what I'm talking about, right? So loving God first and most. And the Bible says that's the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, with all that's within you. You love him. It's the first and greatest commandment. Can I tell you something? How do we fall in love with the Lord more and more and more? I was thinking about this. If we all look back, for all of us who are married in this room, and for all of you who will be married in, in this room, uh, can, can I tell you? that we fell in love, my wife and I fell in love, not by sitting at a restaurant in a booth facing each other, not saying a word, just staring at each other. How many know you don't fall in love with somebody just sitting across the booth from them, eating your food, and at the end of the night, thank you, goodbye. You don't do that, right? You, You don't fall in love with somebody sitting on a couch watching television and not saying a thing, and at the end of the night just walking out and saying, thank you, that was a nice night. No, no, how did, how did you fall in love with your spouse? Or how will you fall in love with your spouse? You will fall in love with them through communication. It, it's, a, hey, I want to know all about you. And then they want to know all, all about me. And then it's a back and forth. And it's a getting to know each other and communicating and, and talking and, and opening up your heart to them. Can I tell you, it's no different with God. If you want to love God more than you've ever loved him before, you need to spend time with him in prayer. You need to talk to him. You need to open up your heart to him. And then, by the way, you need to stop and listen to him because he'll speak to your heart. He'll encourage you. There were so many times in my weaknesses I would go to God and and say, God, I'm struggling with, and I would lay it all out there before him, and then I would stop, and he would just encourage. One of my worst moments in life where I, I did not feel the love of God whatsoever, and I was pastoring this church. It was probably 12 to 14 years ago now. I was so distraught, so depressed. I went to the church, and it was a different location. In fact, it was two locations ago. And I sat on the front row. Nobody was there. It was late at night. And in tears, I said, God, do you even love me? And then I stopped. I didn't have anything else to say. God, do you even love me? And I'm telling you, it was like a a wind swept through that room. And it wasn't physical. It was just in my heart. And it took my breath away. (gasps) Oh, you do love me. And I had not sensed his love for a long time before that. It was a very dry season of my life. But when you open up your heart to God, open it up, speak to him, call upon him. But then listen to him. Hear from him. Let him minister to you, and he will. The Bible says he's a very present help in times of trouble. That in his presence there is fullness of joy, and there is peace, right? There's comfort, there's hope, there's strength in his presence. But 
Learn to love him first and most. Love him first and most. Change takes learning from God's word. Write that down. Learning from God's word. How do you know who God is if you don't read about him or if you don't hear of him? If somebody's not teaching you or if you're not studying it for yourself, how do you know who God is? See, the word of God reveals the very nature and, and the character of God. Let me say it this way, that you will trust God more and more and more the more that you study his word. By the way, here at New Song, you'll, you'll, you'll very rarely hear me say the word Bible. Did you know that? Have you ever noticed that before? I've never made it a point of saying it until now. I don't, I, I'm not afraid to use the word Bible. I don't mind the word Bible. I just prefer the word of God or God's word or scripture. I'll use some words like that to, to describe this book. Why, why is it? Well, the word Bible is never actually in the Bible, first of all. It's just a you know, compilation of, of multiple books, and they, they assigned a name to it, and, it, and there's a reason for that. I could go into that. The real name is Biblos, but they just assigned the name to it. And I'm grateful that they put the word Holy Bible in front of it because it is a book that's set apart. So I'm not against that terminology. I just like the word, the, 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 the phrase, the word of God better or God's word better. I just like it more because it reveals who it's from, that it's not just a book, but it's a divine book. And, and it reveals to us, the word of God reveals to us the very character and the nature of God. It reveals his love and his grace and his compassion and his mercy and his goodness. And so you got to learn from it, study it. The Bible says that his word is truth and also says the truth sets us free. And we need his word. We need the Bible in our life not like never before. I need his word and I need to hide it in my heart because his word changes me. So I need to love God first and, and most. I need to learn from his word and I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's speaking. Are you listening? Are there things in your life that need to change? Well, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says, in fact, it's in the book of Galatians. The, the Bible says that, that when we listen to the Holy Spirit and we walk by the Spirit and we keep in step with the Spirit, we will not gratify the cravings of our sinful nature. That, that you won't keep giving into that same sin over and over and over again when you live by the Spirit, when you walk by the Spirit, when you listen to the Holy Spirit. That the Bible says that there, every time that you're tempted to do something wrong, there's always a way out. Did you know that? I say it like this, that, that when our mind is on the flesh, when, it, when it's on doing things that are ungodly and it's not our best life in Christ Jesus, it's not the abundant life, we're, we're, we're just determined to do our own thing and we're headed down a highway and it, it's, it's, it's all, I mean, pedal to the metal, we're moving forward. The Bible says it this way, that the Holy Spirit will always provide an exit ramp. He'll always speak to you. He'll, he, there'll always be something, I shouldn't, shouldn't say that, shouldn't think that, shouldn't go there, shouldn't do that. It's an exit ramp, everybody, exit ramp. And when you listen to the Holy Spirit and you take the exit ramp, 
The Bible says when you walk by the Spirit, when you keep in step with the Spirit, when you follow his direction, then you won't gratify the cravings of your sinful nature. You won't live in opposition to God, but you'll actually align yourself with God. Do you want to change? You got to listen to the Holy Spirit. I promise you, he's speaking. He's speaking. And you know exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. In fact, right now, there's probably something in your heart, that, 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 that one thing that you keep going back to. And how many times have you heard the Holy Spirit say, no, no, that's not best. No, that's not right. No, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't look at that. Don't. How many times did you just say, I'm going to do it anyway? I hate to say this. It grieves my heart to say this, but I've done that. I, I've kept the pedal to the metal. I've sinned against God. How many know what I'm talking about? How many else have sinned against God besides me? You better get your hands up. All right? All right. Okay. See, you see what I'm saying? But we knew better. We heard the Holy Spirit. We just decided not to listen. We decided not to keep in step with him, but he's speaking. I promise you he is. In fact, that leads to the fourth thing. Change takes living out my faith. Change takes actually living out what the Holy Spirit and the word of God and my love for God, what it calls me to do. Living out my faith is going to produce change in my life. And I want to change. I long to change. There's still some things in me that I don't like about me. You know, my wife and I, have you ever, have you ever hung around people or been around somebody that you, re, you didn't know very well, but you really looked up to them? Or you, maybe you, there's some people that you really look up to and you're like, wow, why would it be to hang around people like them? Can, can I tell you, my wife and I, we've, we've hung around some people that if I, if, if I told you their names, most of you, a lot of you would say, oh, I know who that is. And sometimes my wife and I, being around some, some people that have been, uh, you know, well-known, Sometimes we walk away and like, wow, did you catch that? Yeah, I can't believe that he said that. I can't either. I didn't think he would say that. How many know what I'm talking about? That, that, see, there are some people that you put up on a pedestal. Don't put anybody up on a pedestal except your Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't ever do that. Because I'm telling you, people will let you down. If you put me on a pedestal, I'll let you down. Just give me enough time. And I'll let you down. I don't want to. I try not to. But I'm asking the Lord to change me. Because he deserves better. And my wife, she deserves better. My kids, they deserve better. My family, my new song family, this community, this world deserves better. Here, here's what, I'm going I'm to say something today that is so obvious. And if there's one thing that you kind of latch onto today, latch onto this. I want you to write it down that nothing changes if nothing changes. It's like I feel so stupid even saying that because it's so obvious. But how many know that to be true? How many times have you wanted to change? You, you've had this desire for change, 
but you did not allow anything to change in you. You didn't allow the spirit of God to change you. Therefore, nothing changed because nothing changes if nothing changes. So I'm asking the Lord, Lord, I know that nothing changes if nothing changes. So change me. So change me. I can't do that on my own, Lord. So change me. Change me. The second thing is that only God can produce a change in my life. That it is God who gives me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I don't have the power on my own. I need him like never before. I was thinking about Romans chapter 2, verse 29. It says, no, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God, and true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by Justin. No, that's not what it says. It's a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not from people. So this isn't wanting more affirmation from others. This is, God, I just want to be who you've called me to be. And I understand it's your very goodness that has called me, that's given me this desire to change. That's your goodness at work in my life. And I realize that you're chasing me down with goodness. So, Lord, change me. Change me. I can't do it on my own. It has to be you, Lord. It has to be you. Ezekiel, I love this, Ezekiel 36. This is the Lord speaking, verse 26, and he says, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out of your stony, stubborn heart. I'm going to take that out of you, and I'm going to give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. What he's saying is, listen, you cannot do this on your own. If you come to me, if you call upon me in true repentance, with true faith, knowing that I'm good, knowing that I'll do what I promise I'll do, that I'll take that stony, stubborn heart out of you and I'll give you a very tender, responsive heart that will respond to my voice, will respond to my spirit, and you'll be changed by my power. And you'll have a desire to follow me like never before. And I asked the Lord, and I've been asking the Lord, Lord, I don't want any rocks in my heart. I don't, I don't want to be stubborn. I want my heart to be tender and responsive to you. You deserve better from me, Lord. Your goodness is far more than I deserve. My wife deserves better. My children, my family, my church family, you deserve better. So, Lord, help my heart to be tender and responsive. Could we pray that this morning? Could we just bow our heads in this moment? 
I'm going to ask just for the next few moments here, nobody moving around, nobody, uh, I'm sorry, nobody leaving. As we pray. And maybe this is a time where you confess some areas of your life, maybe some stones in your heart, some stubbornness in your heart. Could you open up your heart to God and say, God, there it is. I don't want it anymore. Father, that's our prayer. There's some rocks in my heart, Lord, some stubbornness in my heart. I don't want it to be there anymore. I want to have a, a heart that's tender and responsive to you, to your spirit. I want to have a heart that's obedient. I want to ha have a heart of integrity, of love, of mercy, of compassion, of purity, honesty. I want to have a clean heart, God. But I cannot change myself. Only you can do that. And I see that in your word. So, Lord, to the best of my ability in this moment, I open up my heart towards you. And I ask, Father, purify my heart. Cleanse my heart, Lord, from all unrighteousness. Everything that's not from you or of you. Lord, I repent of those things. Change me, oh God. Create in me a clean heart, O oh Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Because I need you now like never before. So I'm asking for your help. To the best of my ability, in all sincerity, here I am, Lord. Help me. Cleanse me. Change me. And I will be forever thankful. So where would I be without you? Where would I be without you? Now I'm going to ask a question with nobody looking around. In the stillness of this moment, if you've never given your life, surrendered your life to Christ, but you've made a choice, you're ready to do that today. Bible says that the cross of Jesus Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for those of us in, in, in which the veil has been removed and we see clearly now that the cross of Jesus Christ is beautiful and powerful and that Jesus Christ really did experienced resurrection power and was raised to life three days later. The Bible says this, that the cross of Christ 
It's powerful. In the name of Jesus, it's powerful to the point of saving you from eternal separation from God. For all those who trust in Jesus, he says, he'll save you. In fact, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Jesus himself was speaking. He says, all those the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never turn away. Another verse of Scripture says, all of those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, that you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus and Jesus alone that your eternity is secured in heaven with your heavenly Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. I'm asking you, are you ready to call upon the name of Jesus for salvation? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Nobody will know. It's just, it's just, this is a very personal moment. You'll go public when you get baptized, but this is a very personal moment. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus? to surrender your life to Jesus with nobody looking around. You say, Pastor, I'm ready to pray a prayer. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to pray a prayer. I'm ready to pray that prayer. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. If that's you, raise your hand really high. Okay, you can put down your hand. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Okay, for those that raise their hands, it's a simple prayer. It goes something like this, Jesus, I need you. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins, and today I repent of them, and I'm asking you to help me to follow Jesus the rest of my days. Today I surrender my life to Christ. Now, according to your word, Lord, you said if anybody confesses their sins and calls out to you for salvation, that you are faithful and just to forgive them of all of their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. So as of this moment, I have been made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. But through resurrection power, I have been saved by grace through faith alone and not of works. That way I can't boast about it. All praise goes to Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, would you stand up with me and still nobody moving or leaving this room for a moment? Just stand up with me. If you gave your life to Christ today, we have a book for you at guest services called Fresh Starts. This is a small book that'll help you. Go by there, pick that up. They'll just get your name, your 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 cell phone number from your email, one of the two, and uh, that's just free of charge, okay? I, I think it'd be well of us today. How, how many, can I ask a question? How many of you know that there's some changes that need to be made in your life? You've tried on your own. Willpower wasn't enough. And you're admitting today, I need God's help like never before, and I want to change. How many, are, how many are thinking that thought with me today? Can we just leave our hands up and say, thank you, Lord, for goodness that chases me down. Thank you, Lord, for loving me so much 
that you're chasing me down with goodness. You're pursuing me with goodness. And part of that goodness is the grace gift that you have, the desire to change. It comes from you. So I don't reject it. In fact, I embrace it, Lord. And I say thank you for changing me. Thank you for working in me. Thank you for being patient to me. I love you so much. And with all of my heart, I worship you as the God who loves me. The God who runs after me with goodness, with mercy, with compassion, with healing, with freedom, with salvation. Thank you, Lord, for pursuing me. I love you with all of my heart. And I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Have your way in me, I pray. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer too, say a big amen. amen. Let me speak a blessing over you, Heavenly Father. I declare your goodness and grace over New Song Church. Oh, that you would bless us indeed, that you would enlarge our territory. Let your hand be with us and keep us from all harm, I pray. I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much. We'll see you next Sunday morning. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.